0: True story of two former co-workers who picked themselves to talk about music and record their conversations to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start being podcasters. It's Music Reagan, Yeah! And this is the second episode of our planned three-part series talking about the first season of The Real World and the new reunion series, The Real World Homecoming. Ain't that right, Craig?
1: That's right, Paul. Here's what I love. Mm-hmm. We picked
0: ourselves. We picked ourselves to talk about music.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, which we didn't talk too much about. I mean, the real world isn't... Here's here's why I like what we're doing. Because it, it follows the progression that MTV followed. It originally was just all music all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then after a, a some years, they were like, let's start doing other things too. And now we're talking about the first big show they had, unless you count like remote control, but but it was like, yeah, now they started working other programming into the schedule. We're going to talk about a TV show that was on a music network. So it's music adjacent. Yeah. And then for our top five list, we're going to do our top five songs of 1991. Last episode, we did our top five songs of 1990. Next episode, we're going to do our top five songs of 1992. And then, after that, we're going to start talking about teen Mom. No, yes.
1: <laughs> I'm waiting for you to go, Hey, Kirk, you know, there's a lot of music in The Bachelor. Yeah <laughs> We should just kind of dig in and see what we find. but there's some there's some musical references in The Bachelor.
0: No, MTV shows only, so yes, we'll do, we'll do road rules. <laughs> the <We'll> challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's still that's still a big thing. That's still a big thing. That's crazy. Yep. Um, so in our last episode, we sort of talked about the first season of The Real World, which aired in 1992. We went over our personal memories of watching it, uh, where we remember being in our lives at that time. You were 21, 22. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, eight, nine. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. No, nine, 10, nine, 10, 92. Um, So we had very different lives and very different experiences of the show. And I was thinking recently, like, we sort of exactly span, I would guess, the age range of people who give a shit about this reunion. Yes. You being the oldest where you were their age. Anyone, like, more than a couple years older than you at the time probably wasn't watching MTV. Yeah,
1: they're like, this is stupid. Who cares about these fuckers? Where I was like, oh, yeah, I care.
0: And I was only just old enough to get interested in a show like that, where anyone more than a couple years younger than me was probably not on their radar.
1: you wouldn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true.
0: That 1970 to 1982 is a good range of people who were tuned into the real world in the 90s. Yes, exactly. Or at least the first couple seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But today we're going to talk about the first three of six uh, episodes of The Real World Homecoming. Mm-hmm. which is the new reunion series that's on the um, new streaming service to not be named because they're not paying us for advertising. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did you... I told you about this yes. show. Because
1: I didn't... I, I heard it was yeah. coming back and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll never see it. And then you're like, no, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. Let's I hadn't see it. I had even heard about it. I stumbled upon it a couple days after it first aired and they put thankfully because I don't know if I would have bothered subscribing for it Mm -hmm. but they put the whole first episode on YouTube free yes yes so I I watched it and I started welling up (laughs) I had an emotional response to watching to seeing these people 30 years later all Mm -hmm. getting back together again I don't know how much of an emotional response you had
1: I didn't well up or catch all the feels. What I got was I got very nervous.
0: Why were you nervous?
1: I think part of it's nervous excitement. Mm-hmm. Part of it's like, it's like seeing old friends for a long time that mm-hmm. were in your life and then they're gone. And you don't really think about them again. I don't, I haven't thought about them again since they were on the, on the real world. Oh, and you know, last month I wasn't going, I wonder what Julie's doing, you know, but now that I'll have an opportunity to be with them again, you're like, Oh, what are they like? What do they do? You know, you're like, how are they? What's yeah. going on with them? What is their deal after all these years? So it was this anticipation, but there was some nervousness of like, how are they? What are they doing?
0: Yeah. It was a mix of things. It's definitely that it was partly, it was partly like I was seeing my old friends Mm-hmm. You know, because I know them from watching the show. Yeah, so they're your friends. But I haven't seen them in 30 years. Yeah. And it was partly just watching them have the experience of seeing each other. Yes. Because it's the Big Chill, is what it is.
1: A hundred percent. hundred percent.
0: It's the exact same vibe of the Big Chill. They're a, li- yeah. they're a little bit older. I think they were in their 30s in that movie. And, and these people are yeah, chill, in their late 40s Yeah, they were 50s. like in their early 30s. But because of that, it's also like... Wow, we missed, like, their, not missed, but, like, not their whole adulthood. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 25 to 50 is where you do your growing up and, like, build your life. And we saw them before they started. And now we see them, like, they're all sort of settled in. Yep. And it's, that just, I don't know, that just seemed, um, there was some emotional resonance to that to for me
1: the fact that so much time had gone past definitely Mm -hmm. like if this were some reason we'd seen them in like oh they're in their early 30s Mm -hmm. i might have been like i got my own shit to deal with i i'm still figuring me i don't give a fuck about that i can't i can't you know but now that i'm their age and then i and i'm you know 50 i'm like oh yeah let's catch up yeah let's we're all kind of, for the most part, settled and we've come to grips with whatever we've come to grips with for the most part,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: So let's all just, and that's what it felt like on the show, for the most, again, for the most part. People were like, kind of like, this is me, here I am.
0: Yeah. The first episode was very like that. Yes. There was no drama in the first episode. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be... You know, six episodes of them just sort of like catching up. I think it's just going to be real friendly and nice and not that dramatic, but it'll be fun for fans of the show. Yes. That's not what it turned out to be like at all. No. But I did enjoy the first episode, just sort of nicey-nice vibe.
1: My favorite uh, moment of the very first episode of the reunion was that it was like maybe the first night. And they all had just... They weren't shit-faced, but all of them had just a little – the ones that drank had just a little bit too much. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Julie, yeah. my favorite. <laughs> and so they're all sitting around and she basically goes to the camera and says like, we were the original. Yeah. Everyone else can't hang with us. And she literally flicked off the camera. like,
0: fuck them. She goes, all those other cities, fuck those cities. We were in New York and all those other casts. you were in. And it's Julie who's like – Yes. Who's the sweet, naive 19-year-old yeah. from Alabama. And, uh, yeah, but in a very humorous way, (laughs) very
1: funny. And also I go, yeah, she's right. She knows she's right. Like, she's like, we started this shit. We are the originators. There might've been more popular uh, seasons, but we were the original. And that's why I was like, yeah, you, she like, I was like, you get it. You get what
0: she knows. Yeah. I also, I know that she was uh, a little bit drunk when she was doing that, but I also kind of caught a vibe. Like I bet Julie cusses and i bet she did even then but it was censored by that's one of the nice things about this uh new series is it's not censored yes but it's especially weird because even when they show clips from 1992 and all the unseen footage they're not censoring that either
1: no they're not which is interesting
0: i find it funny how i don't find it jarring when they swear in the new footage but watching the old footage that's from 92 and looks like it should be on MTV in 92, they're swearing. I find it very jarring. <laughs>
1: really? Is that like yes. a disconnect? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, that that moment, I mean, listen, I, I I ride or die with Julie. And I ride or die with Julie as uh, in her late uh, 40s, early 50s. I'm, I'm yeah. here for her. Here for her.
0: She looks fantastic. Looks great. The the interesting thing is she she was the youngest of the original cast. She was sort of the audience surrogate. She was 19 years old. She came from nowhere. Well, she was from Birmingham, Alabama. It wasn't nowhere Alabama, but it was Alabama. It's pretty small. Small town. Yeah. She was very naive in New York for the first time. But she wasn't an idiot. No. And she was, like, figuring her way out, you know, throughout that first season. And now... She's none of them have kids except for Andre, who's fifty but has a four-year-old. Yes. Other than that, the only one with like a family and kids is Julie. She's got she's got kids who are now as old as she was when she was on the real world, which is
1: crazy. That's crazy that she has teenage kids now. Yeah.
0: Well, except not really. I mean, they're all old enough to have families and kids, but she seems to be the only one who settled down into just sort of like a normal, I don't want to say normal, but you know, a typical sort of domestic life.
1: But I think that's what's fascinating is because we so associate them with that moment in time of 1992, that to me, even though logically, yeah, if she's married, she'd likely have kids and that's no normal thing. For me, it feels like, oh my God, she has kids. Yeah. Just because I associate her as Julie in 1992. It's so ingrained in me.
0: But also she sort of vaulted over everybody to where now she's clearly like the mom of the group.
1: She's in charge.
0: Yeah. Oh, she – yes. It used to be she's the naive little girl and they're all sort of like, let us show you around New York, little girl. We'll tell you what life is like because we're 24 and we know things and and you don't know anything. Right. And now she's the one who's so used to like leading a clan. You can sense that she – Has that mom energy, and they're all still sort of just kind of like independent people. And she's like, "All right, everybody, let's circle up. Let's gather. (laughs) Here's
1: what we're gonna do. Yeah." Yeah, And then, but but in a no
0: nonsense way. Yes, definitively. Yes, Julie has become extremely no nonsense. Yes,
1: in the best way possible.
0: Eric has become some nonsense. (laughs) Listen, okay,
1: okay. Let's. I respect it.
0: I respect it.
1: I respect it. Yeah. And I know – it. oh, God. Watch watch what I'm about to say and I apologize. Mm -hmm. I know it comes organically. (laughs) It does. It's 100% organic for sure. Eric, as like this spiritual guru, Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Because as you and I know, you see that here in L.A. when like – I've seen – I know so many actors and performers who gotten fucked by Hollywood and had a horrible experience and freaked out and – Just been like, wah, and then all of a sudden kind of found spirituality. And as much as I'm not a fan of that and I don't really care about that stuff. Neither am I. It has definitively helped that dude because he was a fucking mess.
0: Yeah, yeah. He talks about some of the financial and personal trouble that he had. Yeah. And I'm glad that he found something that brings peace uh, to him in his life. Like you said, it's not... It's not my bag. But I also give him credit because like, yeah, a lot of people in LA have a, that experience, and maybe they take a yoga class and yeah. they drink Yerba Mate, and then that's it for them. That,
1: that's it. They've solved it.
0: But he went whole hog, like he went into like the jungles of Peru yeah. and like still lives there and is like licking frogs and Yeah. Like, <laughs> doing like ayahuasca ceremonies yeah. and, and like doing it for real.
1: Yeah. Like he straight up studied all that.
0: Yeah. And he was the douchey male model, wannabe B-boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and this and wow, what a turnaround.
1: What a turnaround. Although I will say this, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent sure. One hundred percent sure that uh okay, I guess we have to we're not gonna spoil it, but if you haven't seen it, Eric has COVID.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely should mention that yeah. he has to be sequestered in a hotel yes. room, and he's participating via video chat.
1: Yes, so he's yeah. got COVID, so he's still there in video, but he has mm-hmm. COVID. He's being sequestered. Yeah. And there's one scene where he's like, "Yeah, I'm feeling a little hot. I think I'm going to take an ice bath." And I'm like, "You're just—they <laughs> just told you to take off your shirt, dude.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a hundred percent."
0: Hey, he's fifty and he still has a great body and can take dude, off okay. his shirt. Good for him, man.
1: Good for him. I was like. I was like, good on you, dude. You look yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Fucking great. But you know, they're like, hey, Eric, why don't you just pop the shirt off? And like, well, we're like, yeah, like, take an ice bath. And he's like, yeah, I've taken right. ice bath before. I'll pop the shirt off. I'm fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got, I mean, we also got a lot, we got a lot more Norman than we did Eric. Yeah. We got, we got bear, beer belly, bear gut Norman. Yeah. And his, and his bare butt. Uh, which is good because he was sort of famous for doing his interviews from the bathtub during the yeah, original season. Yeah. Which is very strange. But yeah. like Norman has the body that uh like most fifty year old guys age into. Sure. Not Eric or you, yeah. but but uh but yeah, but um so it's I was normal. like I was like, Yeah, let's see Norman naked too. Why not? Yes. Good for you, Norman. Good for you, Norman. Yeah.
1: Speaking of appearances, mm-hmm. let me get your thoughts.
0: Because originally... Everyone looks great. It's insane. Yes.
1: yes. Everyone looks really well. At mm-hmm. first, I was. it was weird for me to look at Andre with long, fully gray hair. Yeah. At first, I'm like, whoa, dude. And then after a while, I was like, oh, no. Good look. It fits you. Well
0: done. He He dresses very well, too yes and you know that he thinks about it because at one point when he was commenting on his old self he he was saying like yeah i just dressed like shit he's like you know just dirty jeans and a black t-shirt and i'm like what's wrong with dirty jeans and a black (laughs) t-shirt you're like i'm here for it i'm like you can't grow out of that andre (laughs) no andre looks andre i think has aged the most but only he looks fantastic but i think he was real baby-faced in 1992. Yes. Like, he was a very pretty, like, grunge rock yes. star. Yeah. And now he looks like the 50-year-old man he is, but he looks excellent. Yeah, yeah. And very put together. Yes. And uh, the gray hair really works for him. The gray hair works. Yeah. The long hair, I was like, whoa. And then I was
1: like, no, that works for you.
0: Yeah, no, he does make it work. And I've seen pictures of him from the past few years where he's gray and has short hair. And it's just like, oh, no. It's not no. the same. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nice. Yeah.
1: Here's my other question. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it was a little vague. Yeah. They were kind of like, and this is getting into one of my, it's not a beef, but it's a thing I brought up with you of like, several of the people on the show are hawking their wares.
0: Sure. Fine.
1: Which which is fine. Which is part
0: of reality TV. None of these people got rich off of this show except for Eric Neese, but he lost it all. So
1: yes, exactly. So I'm like, good on you. And so like, you know, uh, uh, Andre, they're talking about how Andre got a new album coming out. Uh huh. Yeah. And they're all excited to hear it and can't wait to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then he mentioned something where he's like, "Yeah, so you know, my life's crazy. I have this little baby who I love, and mm-hmm. you know, I have my music, and then I have you know, my music business." And I was like, "What does that mean? What do you mean, like,
0: what is uh, what is his job?" Well, I know that he still performs.
1: Yes, but that's not his
0: job. No, I think he's involved in the music industry in some way.
1: He was very. I felt that like he was very reticent about what he does like not like i'm being just more i'm being private than i'm I'm being secretive but i was like because he mentioned yeah you know i'm real busy doing my music and of course mm-hmm. you know business that i'm doing in the music business and i was yeah. like what is that what what is give me details dude what are you doing what are uh, you doing? It's,
0: it's probably just something really boring or he thinks it's boring where it's just yeah. you know producing or maybe like a and R stuff, or who knows? Yeah, or is you he know, an what I
1: engineer, mean? or what? I wanted to know what, yeah. what his job was. Is what I, because he's yeah. it's, it's, he's really the only one you don't really know what.
0: But he was also the one you knew the least, even in the original season. So kind of fits too. Yeah, he's he's definitely the guy who would never make it. He would never be cast for reality TV now.
1: No, that doesn't give enough.
0: Yeah, he doesn't give enough. He doesn't, he's not the, he doesn't have the personality to give a lot. He doesn't really pop. I like Andre a lot. He's, he, I, you know, I like a lot of those people a lot for TV. Heather's my favorite. I don't wow. know if I could hang out with Heather all day. It might get exhausting for me.
1: I remember you mentioning that, and I think I could hang out. I could <laughs> hang out with Heather in 92. I can hang out with Heather now.
0: I could hang out with Andre, and it would be like, this is a mellow dude. We could probably talk about music. You know what I mean? I yeah. wouldn't hang out with Eric and, you know,
1: see, I think I would hang out with Eric in 92, but I wouldn't hang
0: out with Eric. <laughs> I would hang out with Eric Nice at no point in history, <laughs> which is not a read. Cause I like Eric Nice a yeah. lot, but he's just not, you know, yeah, but Andre would probably be my number or Julie is just so exceedingly I mean, normal. I that,
1: always you know. hang out with Julie. Always.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Becky. Let's talk, we talked about Eric's spirituality. There are two main issues to talk about with Becky. Yeah. And the first one that the show introduces to the audience first is so out of left field and strange. Yes. That you're like, well, this is as weird as the show is going to get. Yeah. Uh, it's not. But let's talk about. Let me describe what Becky revealed to her former roommates and to us, the real world fans.
1: It's it's rough.
0: When Becky, and she was not a weirdo on the show. That's so important to underline. She was cool alt chick. She was pretentious, but in that cool, like, indie chick, singer-songwriter kind of way.
1: Not unbearable pretentious at all for 92.
0: What she reveals to everybody, because clearly nobody had heard this story before, is that when she was in college before the show, she and her roommates did the Ouija board thing and used the Ouija board, uh, using it, came into contact with the spirit of John Lennon from the Beatles. Not because they were trying to contact him, but because they were using a Ouija board and he contacted them.
1: It just kind of happened.
0: Fine. We all did fun things in college. I used a Ouija board when I was in school. It's lots of fun. But Becky revealed that the spirit of John Lennon, like, stayed with her. Yes. For didn't, a while. Didn't possess her, but just sort of, like, hung around her all the time. For years. Yeah. I think she said he left in 2002 or 2003. Yeah. And so they were like, so on the show he he,
1: he was around, and she's yeah. like, yes.
0: She's yes. like, yeah. John Lennon was here with us, is which basically what she said. And Julie like, Julie sort of joked about it by saying like, wow, you really should have told us that we had a like, you know, an eighth roommate, and there was this strange <laughs> yeah. strange man in the apartment that we didn't know about. And she was using that as a joke to cover for the fact that. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. John Lennon?
0: And they wrote a song together. Like, they. Yes. that's why he hung out with Becky, is because they wrote songs together.
1: And that they, she, if I'm not mistaken, she's like, yeah, we would have conversations. Yes. Like, we would have actual conversations like two friends would have. And I'm like, yeah. oh boy. And the best is, my favorite moment of that is they cut to a shot of Eric in his room. Uh-huh. And he's just. He's smiling and nodding, being supportive and spiritual, but even he's kind of like, whoa. Yeah.
0: And I think he said something like, oh, you know, I'm so in tune with the spiritual life. So I love that. But it's a very non committal.
1: Very non committal. I'm not going to judge. Yeah. I, if that's her bag, that's great. I get the spirituality, but that's crazy.
0: But here's why I love Andre is because he's the one who just sort of sat up and went like, well, I don't believe in that shit. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's like, I'm glad that like whatever you had worked for you. But I don't think that happened. Yes. <laughs> just sort of coming out and saying it. I was like, yes, Andre. Yeah.
1: Which is perfect. Thank you. For too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another moment, and which I brought up too, is that there's a moment while she's talking about that mm-hmm. she's holding her new CD for her new album that's coming like, literally it's our, like it,
0: this. It's been out for a few years. I checked it out. It's, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: But she's literally mm-hmm. holding it as she's having these conversations. Like, yeah. look at my album. Go get it. And I was like, oh, that's 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 odd. That's,
0: that's odd. fine to do. And also, I listened to the title track, which apparently is the, a song that she collaborated with John Lennon. Or he inspired her to write it or whatever. Yeah. And
1: it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, I remember her songs from then. And she was like, oh, you're a good, you're a good alt-solo folk kind of person. And I Thank yeah. you. But... The whole John Lennon thing. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> just First of all, even if you're like in your 20s and you say that, you go, well, that's weird. But maybe you're just like high all the time or something. Yeah. Well, for someone to say that in their 50s, you just go, oh, okay, come on. Just what are you doing? What are you doing? Are well,
0: you doing? It, apparently this relationship lasted for more than 10 years. I mean – Because they met in, when she was in college and she said he left in two thousand three.
1: Don't we think he has better things to do?
0: Well, that's what Andre was saying. Yeah, like of all the singer-songwriters in the world, like John Lennon chose out chose to hang out with Becky Blasband.
1: Yeah, so, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Not not Ringo. Ringo didn't hang. It was
0: John. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he was just hanging out with her to feed that thing you do to Adam Schlesinger. <laughs> See, that she, I was lying. Yeah. That he was. I could see that. That he was actually hanging out with Adam, and she was just yes. there sometimes.
1: But then he would have left in '96 because who's going to hang out with Becky for ten years?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I listened to her song after just the first episode, before we found out about John Lennon, and before she said all the other shit that she said. Yeah. So I judged it objectively as, oh, this is this is pretty good. Like I don't know if I would listen to it a ton, but it's not like embarrassing. And I can't change my mind now just because Becky embarrassed herself. And I'm not talking about the John Lennon thing. Like, that's wacky. Yeah. But it's still endearing. But, I mean, we have to address the argument that started at the end of Episode 2 and continued into Episode 3. Because it's the big talking point of this whole series now. Yeah. It's what all the think pieces have been about. People have spoke about it more intelligently than i think we can but yeah to sum it up very quickly kevin had two or three major arguments with his roommates in 1992 about race Mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit in the last episode yeah he was saying all the things that a, a, a lot of people have come to understand much more now, 30 yes. years later, about systemic racism and that famous quote of his where he said, um, race plus power equals racism, mm-hmm. um, which I think we understand now uh, what he meant by that a lot more than we did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, the first major argument he had was with Becky. And... They had a heated discussion about race where he was saying, you're racist. He was basically describing white privilege without using the term white privilege. That yes, we have it, wasn't now. A, it wasn't a thing. Now. Right. But that's what he was describing to her. Mm-hmm. And she was saying all the sort of ignorant white people thing of, you know, how do I have privilege? I earned what I got and whatever. Yeah. So on the new series, they gathered everybody into the living room in the loft and they were showing them clips and they showed that clip clearly trying to. Spark a conversation or or yeah. just relate it to like, wow, look at how we thought back then. Look at everything that's going on now. The more things change, the more things stay the same, which was sort of the point that everybody was making. Yeah. But then Becky piped up and started basically making the same arguments she was yeah. making in 1992. Yeah. She has evolved since then zero. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty eye-opening. It was... Really insane to watch. Yeah. How completely she hasn't learned anything since then.
1: Yes. Yes. And it got, I remember the big moment when, like, she just kept talking and talking and then Norm just goes,
0: shut up. He, yeah, because not only was, she kept interrupting Kevin, which. Yeah. Is also part of the problem. Like that, you know what I mean? He kept trying to make points. She was inter I think they edited it a little bit to make her seem even more interrupty, but she was clearly interrupting him.
1: Yeah.
0: And Norm, who's her best friend.
1: Yeah, they're still close. Yeah.
0: And they have been the whole time. Yeah. I think he's he's been closest to her. I don't think anyone else ever knew anything about her, but they were still friends. Yeah. And he sort of turned to her and told her to shut up like really harshly. And in his confessional interviews was saying like, I'm just in my head, she's saying all this shit and I'm playing out what's going to happen to her when this airs, you know, how she's going to look. She's not she just she is not thinking ahead of how this is going to look on TV and she's becoming the Karen of the cast.
1: What's even be- more fascinating is that he, like, in the argument, said that to her. Yeah. He's like – and it's so fascinating to see it now where they acknowledge the cameras and they're like, yeah, we're acknowledging that there's cameras here. And he was like, look, look there's cameras here recording this. Yeah. This is how you're going to be seen. And you would think – even that, she, you would think someone would go, fuck, yeah, OK. I, let me – you're right. This yeah. is, No matter what it is, this is a bad look for me. Let me step back and see if I can kind of repair this. But she just dove
0: straight forward. Or even like, look, you don't have to change your opinion. You don't have to yeah. think any certain way. But just listen. Yeah. Just listen to what Kevin has to say. Stop yeah. interrupting him.
1: That's all that... MTV is so fucking lucky. Because that mm-hmm. could have been just that. It could have her just going mm-hmm, I, you know what, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I still have some things to work through, some things I do disagree with you in, but I'm glad we listened. And they would have been like, okay, well, should we have dinner? Yeah. Instead, <laughs> Yeah. Instead, they got this whole big fucking arc that honestly does feel legit. Even though they did edit it, it feels like, oh, they didn't think this was going to happen.
0: No, I mean, she said what she said. Yeah. They didn't Frankenstein quote it where they like cut to she's not on camera and they're taking a sentence from another conversation on a different day and splicing yeah. it. Like, no, she was saying that shit. Yeah. And the, the the only big difference between now and 1992 is that in 1992, it was sort of Kevin against the other six
1: <clears throat>
0: where he's he's trying to talk to them, all these white kids about systemic racism And none of them understand him. They all think he's just being angry and bitter and seeing race in everything where there is no race, even though there really is race in everything. (laughs) He was right. Very true. Even Heather B., who's the other black cast member, her attitude was kind of like, why can't you just have fun, Kevin? Like, I don't want any part of these arguments. Just we're here to have a good time and I don't want to have political conversations. Yeah. So he was alone against the six of them. This time. Becky is alone against the other six where she's arguing with and interrupting Kevin and the other the other five are all just sitting there. Some of them literally with their mouths hanging open. Yeah. Yeah.
1: As they're like this, it it just keeps getting worse.
0: Yeah. Like they cannot believe just like we watching it on TV cannot believe what they're seeing and hearing.
1: I mean, I was literally standing. I was standing going, "What, what, what, what are you doing?
0: yeah yeah and she wasn't saying anything hateful she was just being so ignorant and then you know you think it's over and then episode three starts and the argument continues yeah and she says the wildest most insane like if it had been written into a script where this was happening you would have been like no one would ever say that that is so dumb and lazy the point that she made was that she
1: t- <laughs> you can't even get it out Paul you, it's so ridiculous.
0: She took an Afro-Brazilian dance class. Yeah. S- and she literally says I lost my skin color in that <laughs> class. And everyone just goes,
1: "Oh god." Like
0: she she sort of she says I took an Afro-Brazilian dance class as if to imply like so I understand black culture because i took this class yes and then she literally says to kevin's face i lost my skin color yeah like that the, the thing of like i don't even see color so i yeah. can't be what racist color which is itself racist to say yes. like there is no color everyone's yeah. the same no it's not you have to see people's backgrounds and understand where they're coming from no, she took an Afro Brazilian dance class and she, so she lost her skin color. So she's a, she's just above all this.
1: Shit. She doesn't it's it's not her thing. She's she, actually
0: more enlightened than all of you cuz she just doesn't even have to think about
1: it. <laughs> because of the afro But like, I get that's like a
0: line from
1: like that's like a comedic line that Leslie Mann says in a Judd Apatow movie about <laughs> a, a white woman caring. Yes, yes. Like, like she just improvised that, and like that's yeah. the funny line.
0: It was shocking.
1: It was yeah. That you just like. Also, you go, hey, read the room. Do you not understand what's going on right now? I like, think
0: she was just spiraling at that point. I don't know, yeah, but like yeah. Kevin, that was when Kevin was just completely defeated. Yeah. Yeah. You just saw him sort of slump and it's just like, there's, you know. And then they cut to a clip from the end of their argument in 1992 where he says something like, she ain't never going to (laughs) change.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. And it was like deadly, deadly. There was one other thing she said, not during the argument, but to camera in a confessional interview later which I think was even more upsetting on a political level, which part of the argument was they they showed us a bunch of clips from the previous couple days where they were all just chit-chatting and having oh, wine, yeah, wine and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she's talking about when she was in Rome this time and on her family's villa in Provence. Yeah, she and travels. All, all the world traveling she's done. And part of Kevin's argument was saying, like, it's fine that you enjoy that, but, like, you shove it in our faces a little bit. Like, it's sort of all you talk about and it's sort of it's sort of demonstrative the way you do it. And that's privilege. Yeah. And the argument she made to camera, she said this thing where she was like, I might have all these elitist things, but everyone can earn those things in America. And it's like... Oh, they can earn them the way you earned them? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's your villa in Provence that you earned with your CD that John Lennon wrote the title track of. <laughs> yes. and not And not like your family yeah. who al- whose largesse allowed you to stay there.
1: Exactly. That banger hit that you and, and John <laughs> wrote that <laughs> yeah. everyone loves and won a Grammy. I, yeah, it's
0: tone deaf. Just not, just doesn't didn't get it. Just got yeah. nothing out of the past 30 years. Learned nothing.
1: Which is shocking because I guess I made this I made the assumption that all of them are going to be pretty much like oh we've learned stuff and I yeah. I, I honestly just feel like oh she's probably you know wacky artist but mm-hmm. has has you know learned because you know she's an intelligent woman but
0: no and it was so profoundly disappointing because there are trashy reality shows I watch because. You know, I don't watch Love Island because I want to watch these dumb idiots have deep conversations. I want to watch them get mad at each other over petty shit and fight. Yeah. But that is not what I wanted out of seeing the original real world cast get back together at age 50. Yeah. I wanted like heart to hearts and touching moments and I wanted it to be the big chill. And so it was not like satisfying to me to see this meltdown. It was actually really upsetting.
1: I, I mean, I I'm sure you got really
0: upset at the end of episode three. When she left? When she left and when she said to Norm? She yes. She packed up her thing. She I think basically what happened was over she left the next day. Yes. And I think with a little distance from what happened, she realized what Norm was saying. Like, oh they got all that on camera. Yeah. And and uh, nobody in the house agrees with me, and probably no one who sees this is going to agree with me. And I have become the pariah of the season. And I think she figured all that out, and so she decided the best way to handle that, instead of maybe apologizing or or listening to Kevin in another mm-hmm. conversation or something, she packed her bags and left. And she di- even that she did in the shittiest way, where Shh. everyone was sitting around having a yeah. conversation, and all of a sudden she just starts walking out the door. And they like notice her in their peripheral vision and they're like, what, what we, are you yeah. doing? And they go, are you leaving? And she's like, yep.
1: Yep. And then Norman. Norman's like, are we still friends?
0: Well, what he says was she's, there's, she's saying you're leaving. She's like, yep. Just sort of what, snippy walking yeah. out the door. She goes, because this isn't real. That's what she says. Yeah. None of this is real. And Norman says, what about our friendship? Isn't that real? And she goes, nope. Yeah. Not anymore. And then she walks out the door.
1: What's her to do, but then says, Is someone going to help me with my bags?
0: Yeah, and then she's still, oh, God. Oh, my this- God. Again, the entitlement. Isn't someone going to help me with my bags? Again, that's a Leslie Mann line from a comedy. She wasn't like that in 1992. No, not at or all. Or else she was, but she hid it better, or we didn't see it in the edit. But she, you know, it was really wild. And, it yeah, was. you could see the heartbreak in Norm's face yeah, when she said that. Because they really have been friends for thirty years, yeah. And over this, because I guess because he told her to shut up in that moment, yeah. Uh, apparently, they're not friends anymore.
1: I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It was I mean, so
0: childish. It, it was so petty and childish. It was really shocking. Yeah, yeah, huh. oh,
1: fifty-year-old. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was real. I mean, it was great television. But I was really sad about it, man.
1: It's the thing. It That's the pull of that first season of The Real World. Because it was. It was like, wow, that's really shocking. That's unbelievable. But like you said, if this was like Love Island, you'd be like, oh, well, that was crazy.
0: Yeah. But here, here you're like,
1: ah, oh, fuck,
0: man. Really? And it's also really 2021. Because in 1992, these people had bitter arguments with each other. And they didn't even necessarily... Agree to disagree at, at any point But they did agree to just sort of like Alright well that's out of our system But like we're still roommates and we can still be friends Who disagree yeah. No no one left the house Like no one stormed out There was never any They just settled things The way people used to settle things before everything was so tribalistic
1: Yeah where it's like you don't agree with me I'm gone We're not friends
0: anymore Yeah and maybe they'd even go have a cigarette yeah. Or go stay overnight in their real apartment across town Or whatever That's hysterical but they were all still friendly with each other at the end of the day. and But now, no, it's, uh, oh, we had a fight, and uh, so I can't even be here anymore. I'm just going to pack my, pack my, as, as Andre put it, take my ball and go home.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what you
0: did. Yeah. 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 It was real disappointing. Now, I, we don't know what's going to happen in the next three episodes. Yeah. There is a hint... Um, well, I'll just give away a hint because I think it was in the preview for episode four. We've both seen episode four at this point. Yeah. That Julie continues to text with Becky at least. Yes. And I get a feeling that maybe because of contracts or stuff, she wasn't maybe allowed to leave. Like she was allowed to leave the loft.
1: Yeah. But she had to stick around maybe in somewhere In New in York City. city yeah, yeah.
0: Like if they still had to do like promo stuff or whatever. Yeah. I think yeah, she I still imagine. has to be in the area yeah. Maybe got a hotel room number. I don't know. But she hasn't, like, flown back to New Mexico. Yeah. So, so there is some chance that she may return to the fold. Yes. Which I hope she does. I really want a happy ending on this. Oh, that would like,
1: be, oh, be great.
0: She's not going to suddenly get woke. No. But at least let, you know, have the conversation the way it should have happened, where you just let someone talk and you just shut your mouth and listen, whether yeah. you agree with what they're saying or not. Yeah, just let the talk happen. Yeah. Yeah. But man, you know, Becky was my crush when I was a kid. I loved Becky and yeah. um I was just real happy to see her and then this all happened and I was like cuts, oh, cuts a little deep. Becky, no. Yeah. Yeah, it did cut deep. Yeah. And then when she when she said, No, we're not friends anymore to Norm. How can you end a friendship with Norm? How can you not be friends with Norm? <laughs> I don't Are know kidding? we keep calling him Norm. He goes by Norman.
1: He lets us call him Norm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We've known him for 30 years.
1: We recorded an album together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was the the focus of like the second half of episode two, the first half of episode three. Yeah. And then most of the rest of episode three was just sort of like the fallout from. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe what the fuck just happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe that happened in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Good TV though
0: even eric this is kind of like what
1: eric's like kind of glad him in the hotel because <laughs> this is crazy
0: yeah 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 um yeah not what i expected i just expected oh. episode one to just sort of be repeated for five more same. episodes
1: same little, yeah. like it was a reunion got something yeah. totally different
0: oh boy did we get some television
1: oh we did yeah high quality tv right there yeah.
0: all right do you want to talk about 1991 let's
1: let's cleanse with some
0: music Let's talk about... Oh, God. That's what was getting me emotional, too, is seeing them now in 2021, but the backing music is still... Like, Eric's dancing to uh, Can I Kick It by Tribe Called Quest. Or great. They played... uh, I think they played Back to Life by Soul to Soul at one point. Yeah, I think they did, yeah. And seeing them, modern footage of them with period music from then just did something to me inside. It's the best. It's the
1: smartest move for them to do. Yeah. Rather than playing any new music now, they are no, like, no, 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 no. You couldn't do that. Yeah. It would be stupid. It would be really off-putting.
0: Yeah. Uh, but because it was shot in early 92, a lot of the music was like 90, 91. Yes. Um, I've got a couple honorable mentions. Just a I couple have, this time. I have one. I'll go first on the honorable mentions this it. time. Uh, every song on Nevermind. <laughs> This <laughs> Nirvana didn't make my list this time, but, like, Nevermind came out in 1991. So just I, all I of cou-
1: I knew it did. I was like, I can't put that on yeah. it. Mean, even I like Nevermind, but it's like, well, I'm not going to be that guy.
0: This one might surprise you a little bit more, though. Because, you know, what band do I love to dunk on more than any other band?
1: New Kids on the Block?
0: No, I love New Kids on the Block. Bite your tongue. Color Me Bad? No, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah, you do dunk on them. But I unreservedly unqualifyingly think under the bridge is a great song great song wasn't that 92 that was 91 blood sugar sex magic came out in 91
1: god i thought that was 92 that's crazy great song
0: i don't know where they pulled that from because it just is such an outlier (laughs) it is
1: i it's funny my maybe because i thought it was 92 because in 92 my roommate at the time Mm-hmm. in college played that album constantly and even i was like this album fucking
0: great maybe it came out maybe it was released late in 90 like never mind also came out in like september october 91 that but could be right really hit through 92 so it's yeah. probably the same thing with blood sugar sex magic but yeah even their other like serious quote-unquote songs are always so dumb yeah but under the bridge is just perfect like it's really oh, yeah. Especially when you know that it's about his heroin addiction, and it treats that in an intelligent and even literary way, and it just works, and it's just a perfect song.
1: That build.
0: Yeah. It's great. So, as much as I love to make fun of the Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge is a a truly wonderful song.
1: I'm 100% here for it.
0: But it's it's still not one of my top five favorites, so it's just an honorable mention. What's yours?
1: Oh, man. I mean... Uh, I know you know it and love it, but it's mm-hmm. probably not on your list. My one honorable mention is Aisha by ABC. Oh, that's yeah. 91? Yeah. Aisha.
0: Aisha You're the girl <laughs> that I never had. Man, they should have been to
1: get to know you better.
0: I still think if New Edition was the successor to the Jackson 5, ABC should have been the third wave of that. They should have been big, man. Oh, not man, a one-hit that,
1: wonder. That fucking song. Well, a two hit wonder because they had playground.
0: Which is not as good. It's just Poison sung by a six-year-old. Basically. <laughs> I used to fucking kills, man. Yeah, that song yeah. is so good. Yeah. It's just a it's a rewrite of Poison. But go ahead and rewrite yeah. Poison ten times. I'll listen to all yeah. versions of it. Yes. Yeah. We played Nintendo. <laughs> On the monkey
1: bus. It was our very first day.
0: Yes. That song has the boldness, the bravery... The wisdom and the intelligence to rhyme Nintendo with cereal.
1: <laughs> yep. We yeah. played
0: Nintendo. We ate cereal.
1: cereal.
0: <laughs> yep. Hey, if Steve
1: Miller can do taxes and faxes. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking Aisha can do
0: cereal. Look, and, that's a great first date when you're nine years old. Yeah, I, I, that's a great first date now, as far as I'm concerned. Cereal, Nintendo. take a take a girl back to my apartment, and be like, "You want to have, want to play Nintendo and have some cereal?"
1: <laughs> and she's like, "Yes, please."
0: It's like, all right, I found a low maintenance <laughs> one. This is the
1: one. Yeah. Getting married.
0: I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really like cereal, and I don't play video games. <laughs> but. Uh, but I do love another bad creation. And that's a good, that's for yeah. sure a good pull. Yeah.
1: I think, I think we're going to, I think we're going to have at least one crossover.
0: Ooh. If not two. There are two possibilities for crossovers. I know um, that there are, I went alternative on three of my choices and, and pure pop on two of my choices.
1: Okay. I think ah. one of them's got to be.
0: I'll I'll kick it off because sure. uh, I like to let you wrap it up. This is more your wheelhouse, I think. Sure. But, um, my number five is a song we talked about before, and I remember what episode it was: Rhode Island and uh, northeastern, northwestern Cleveland, northeastern Ohio, northeastern, yeah, Ohio. Yeah. Um, because this is a Rhode Island band, it's throwing muses oh. with with Tanya Donnelly yeah. singing "Not Too Soon."
1: Okay, not feed the tree.
0: No, that's Belly. Oh
1: goddammit. it!
0: That she was, was in Belly. Yes, that was Tanya yes. Donnelly's Rhode Island band that she formed after throwing. Muses.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: But this is '91, so it's a little earlier. This is okay. the big. This was the big, the big hit. You know, yes. alternative radio hit for throwing muses. And I listen to this song. I I would say I listen to this song at least once a week.
1: Wow. Yeah. Still.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Wow. This is just. A, I love this song.
1: I'm it's it's I'm blanking on it now, but guaranteed right after the show, I yeah. play it. I go, oh yeah, duh, that's that's it.
0: Yeah, it's got a big drum sound. It's got some weird vocal hooks in it. I Tanya Donnelly just has this like crystal clear voice. You know, when a lot of alternative singers are really like growly or mumbly, mm-hmm. she never was. She's just got a great voice. And uh, Rhode Island doesn't have a lot of great bands that came out of the state they're definitely my favorite i'm proud to uh to call them a rhode island band
1: well don't sell you some short because you have john b
0: you, <laughs> and uh who was the singer jeffrey osborne yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: do you like feed the tree better than uh this one
0: no okay. no i don't no okay i have a whole playlist of tanya donnelly of course stuff. you do. So it's it's throwing muses, it's belly, it's her solo stuff. Not too soon is probably my of all every song Tanya Donnelly has ever sung lead on, my favorite.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go listen to it because I know I know it is just I'm blanking on it now. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, definitely. My, um my number five. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a hot don't at me. If you don't have this on your list, then shame on you.
0: This was, look, this was a really hard list for me to put together because it was just around the time where I was first starting to listen to radio and first starting to clue into music. But at the time I was listening only to like top 40 radio. So I know all the pop hits from the time. Okay. And I have a lot of emotional ties to even the dumbest pop songs of the time. But then... Also, as I got older and got into like alternative music and went back and listened to all the college rock and alternative music of the time, 91 was an amazing year for alternative music because mm-hmm. it was right – it was right when college rock was about to turn into alt rock. Yes. You know. Um, and so just so much of my favorite music comes from this time that picking five was really tough. So
1: That's interesting. Okay.
0: What do you have? What do you have? Baby Baby by Amy Grant. You know, I didn't forget about Amy Grant. Okay. She's not on my list. Did you consider it? I considered it. I figured there was a good chance you would bring up Amy Grant as at least an honorable mention. You know that I owned that album on cassette tape because I told you that I have. Yeah. I love Amy Grant. She didn't make my top five. She didn't make my top five. I can't honestly put her in my top five.
1: I put her in... Shame Mm -hmm. on you, first of all. I put her in because... I cannot hear that song without thinking. Oh, it's me waiting tables at an Italian restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, for a summer, because the ra- we had the radio on in the restaurant, and that song was never not played.
0: There were so many hits off of that album. I don't even think it would. It's my favorite song off of Heart and Motion.
1: Oh, every heartbeat, I think is better.
0: Every heartbeat, yeah. Every heartbeat, um, good for me is another one. I think there was another single off of I there. I think there but, was
1: another one too. I love yeah. every heartbeat more, but baby, baby was the first one, and it it evokes more memory and nostalgia than yeah every yeah. heartbeat. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's head throw Amy in. that's my number
0: five. Yeah, you know, I I, I like Amy Grant. Yeah. I have yeah I have a lot of memories from that album, and sort of similar to Belle Biv Devoe, it went through a period of, you know, when I was nine. I had no shame. I didn't understand guilty pleasures. Yeah, I just liked those songs, so I got that tape, and I liked Amy Grant. And then it wasn't too long after that that I realized, like, oh, not only should I never admit that I like this stuff, but like, no one can ever know that I owned <laughs> that cassette. Yeah. You know, when you're a teenager, I was yeah, like, that'll be cool. no. I cannot yeah. let anyone know that that was true. And now I'm like, no, I don't care. Yeah. Those songs were great. I was right. I was yeah, right. In you the were first right place. all along.
1: Yeah, she kind of yeah. <laughs> They're great, They're great pop slays. songs. Yeah. Yes,
0: so yes, no, no Amy Grant on my list, but I, I kind of had an idea that you would okay. cover right. that. Yeah. Fair enough. But I did pick a just a big slam pop song for my number four.
1: Ooh, okay. Who
0: who do I always say of all the diva pop singers? For me, it's not Beyonce. It's not uh, Whitney Houston. It's Mariah. It's Mariah Carey. Yeah. What album came out? In 1991.
1: Uh, 1991 the, would be
0: Vision of Love. No, that's 90. That's from her first album. What's oh, her second this album? this
1: would be Dream Lover?
0: No, man, you're skipping Emotions.
1: Oh, yeah, you gotta feel Emotions. emotion. The this title thing. track,
0: the title track from Emotions. That sounds my, fucking great. It's my favorite Mariah Carey song. The end, the end, the coda, when she goes into the whistle register. Yeah. And she's just doing, like, those runs and the whistle. Like... Thirty years later, it just my hair stands up on end. Like it still affects me. It's unbelievable.
1: I love that song. I, shame on me for forgetting. My favorite Mariah Carey is, I think, Dream Lover. I think Dream Lover is my oh, favorite.
0: So many good ones, but there's
1: so many good ones. But uh,
0: but uh, Emotions is just a pure pop song.
1: Pure. Oh, that song's so good.
0: And the thing, you know, like your people's voices deepen when they get older. I don't think she can hit the same. Yeah eight octave range that she could when she was 21 but when she sings at the end like where her voice goes on that track yeah is superhuman it's unbelievable but even without the vocal acrobatics of that it's just a great pop song
1: great pop song so fun you know who produced it who cnc music factory did they really?
0: Yeah. The Shit. I thought you were going to say like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis or that something. Would be, I that like, would have made sense. Yeah. C&C, not that music funky. Factor, yeah. C&C Music Factory wrote it, produced it. The C and C. No Freedom Williams no, involved.
1: <laughs> no Freedom Williams or Zelma Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh a, grou- a,
0: a great music video too with the sort yes. of uh, not black and white, but like sepia and white footage of her just like in riding in the back of the car and Yep. Having fun. Just having fun. It's just a fun song, man. That makes sense because when Vision of Love came
1: out and that mm-hmm. her first song, you're like, "That's ah, okay." It's kind of I like,
0: hated Vision of Love. I remember okay. not liking it when it was her only single, and I still don't like it.
1: It's not great. And then mm-hmm. the second single off that was someday, where you're like, "That's ah, a little better." Yeah. Okay. And then and then Emotions came, and the next year you're like, "All right, now <sighs> we're playing with now we're cooking with gas here."
0: Emotions. Yeah. God. That's Very ninety one. I have to, a lot of memories of ninety one being tied up in. Uh, Mariah Carey and Prince singles from Diamonds and Pearls and Emotions.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Those yeah, those, those, those spell 91 people. to me, yeah.
1: Uh my number four, I mean, I I I had to rep them because I might be the only person reping them. I want to sex you up by color me bad. Oh,
0: was that 91?
1: It was 91. I thought
0: that was 92 or 3.
1: No, it was 91 yeah. because it now was on here, the yeah. uh New Jack City soundtrack.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm telling you. Don't sleep on Color Me Bad, folks. They were legit <laughs> good. They looked cheesy. The name was stupid, but they could fucking sing. They all yeah. could sing. Yeah.
0: All of them. Uh, hey, look. I haven't seen any of the bands on my list live, but I have seen Color <laughs> Me seen Bad You've seen Color
1: live. Me Bad, man. I mean, yeah. I'm actually jealous of that. You saw them at
0: their height. Yeah, I saw them in the summer of 92. I mean, they
1: were they were the shit. I mean, the, that year, they were like, Ice Cube's like, yeah, I'll record with you. I mean, come on. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. I guess if, if it came out in 91, then I Want to Sex You Up might have been in the rear view a little bit. And the big hit at that point might have been I Adore Me Amor, But
1: I Adore Me <laughs> more was the bigger hit. Because I Want to Sex You Up was the first hit.
0: OK. That I Adore. First, yeah.
1: That was the first one. And then I Adore dropped next. And that became a big thing. Uh, I Adore is OK. I Want to Sex You Up. I still need to great. this day. I'm like, it's fuck great. yeah. Yeah. Those guys
0: are good. I remember that's one of those songs that we liked when we were nine years old, even though we were like, oh, parents probably won't be thrilled about a bunch of kids running around singing, I want to sex you up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> At nine or 10 years old, you can't yeah. say
0: that. It's inappropriate. Yeah. But hey, man, you can't resist a good pop hook. No. I mean, it just it works. it works. We didn't know what the lyrics meant. We just knew a good pop song yeah. when we heard one. Let
1: me take off all your clothes. Disconnect the phone so nobody knows. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why would somebody on the phone know that I took off all your clothes?
1: <laughs> don't don't question the logic of CMB. <laughs> just just breathe it in. Drink it.
0: CMB. CMB for life. Oh Lord. All right. My number three is a song that means so much to me and that I am sure you've never heard of. Okay. It is the song is called Star Sign by the band Teenage Fan Club.
1: I know Teenage Fan Club.
0: Yeah, do you? You know their music of, or you've just heard of them?
1: Heard of the name and they're on the um, Judgment Night soundtrack.
0: That's right. They do yeah. show up. They're, they're a Scottish like uh, alt- alternative. Not even alternative. Sort of like a post-Brit pop. Yeah. They're, they're power pop. They're a Scottish power pop band from the early 90s. Now, they had a thing where they sort of had a Lennon-McCartney thing where – Two of the guys in the band each wrote about half of the songs.
1: Oh, really?
0: And like one of the guys in the band would write like one song per album.
1: He'd get one cut.
0: Yeah. And I have a definite favorite. All my favorite songs were written by Gerard Love. Okay. Um, he's, the, he's my Paul McCartney in Teenage Fan Club. Like I put together a list of all my favorite songs without checking who wrote what. And then I checked and I was like, oh, they're all, Jer- they're all Jerry That's songs.
1: That's interesting. Wow.
0: He, so he, so Star Sign is one of his. Uh, and, and look, I like um, all of the songs, but he, he writes the ones that just appeal to whatever it is in me that finds mm. certain pop things appealing. It's an unknowable yeah. effect, but his are my favorite. And I'm very sad to say that just a year or two ago, he quit the band. They were around until a year ago? They're still around. Wow, they just, that's They great. just put out like, a new song a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're all, like, in their – they might be, like, 60 by now. I don't know, but – and he didn't quit, like, out of any acrimony. He just doesn't want to tour anymore. He just decided, like – he's just like, I'm just too old for this shit. and He didn't want to tour, and the rest of the band wanted to tour, and he's like, all right, peace. And now they replaced him with some other bass player.
1: Huh. Is this one of their better-known songs?
0: I wouldn't say so. No. Okay. Did you ever see that movie Young Adult with uh, yeah. yeah? Okay. So the song that she constantly plays on her tape. Oh. Right. Wow. That's a yeah. that's a recurring motif throughout. Yeah. Is the is the lead off from this album. Oh. Okay. That that song was not written by Gerard Love. It's called The Concept. It's really good. But uh, I think that's uh, Star Sign is like is on the same album as that and okay. is like, is like the showpiece for Jerry on that album. Oh, but I don't okay. think it's as well known, but it's, well it's, enough. I think it was a single, but the other, the name of the album is bandwagon esque, and it's, Oh, a li- that
1: sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. So it's got a pink cover with an illustration of like a money bag on it. Yep. You might've seen it hundred percent.
1: Know that just don't and know it, the music.
0: It was sort of infamous because, at the end of the year, Spin Magazine named it the album of the year over Nevermind. Oh, hot so, take. So a lot of people were like, what, that's the fucking bullshit. Who the hell is Teenage Fan Club? Blah, blah. Guess okay. what? Bandwagon, I love Nirvana. Bandwagon-esque is way better than Nevermind. It was absolutely the right call. Wow, that's a hot-ass take. It's not even that hot a take. Come on. I mean, I mean, I would say, and I do say, depending on my mood when you ask me, Teenage Fan Club is my favorite band of all time. I really love Teenage Fan wow. Club. Wow. Yeah.
1: Huh. I've yeah. never heard you say that.
0: Uh, well, they've never come up on the show before. Yeah. I think I think we had planned for 2020 an episode of, of about Scot- Scottish bands. We do have some, yeah. I think we had written at the end of twenty nineteen yeah. when we made our list of when we planned the whole year twenty twenty. Remember yeah. when we planned twenty twenty?
1: Yeah. We, had we a were do science.
0: a We were gonna do a Scotland episode.
1: Yep. Oh, I still have that list. Yeah. Oh man.
0: Oh, so many great bands from Scotland. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. when we get together. Yeah. But otherwise yeah. they just haven't really come up. But yeah, I really love Teenage Fan Club.
1: That's funny. I have no idea. Yeah. My number three, you love this band. I know mm-hmm. you love this song. This is my favorite song by them. It's a—it's not really a deep cut, but it's not one of the better known. It's De La Soul's A Roller <sighs> Skating Jam Named Saturday. Oh, yeah. I do like me some De La oh. Soul.
0: Is that from De La Soul is Dead?
1: Yeah, De La is Dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great underrated album. People freaked out when they heard that album because, like, this is weird. But uh, A Roller Skating Jam Named Saturday is so good and groovy. Yeah. So fun. It's my number one De La song of all time.
0: Oh, Okay and you know I don't I don't go that deep with de la Soul I mostly know three feet high and rising from yeah. front to back and then like the hits and a little bit of De la Soul is dead.
1: yeah. I have a couple more other albums but they don't really yeah. chart anymore do bigs and there's some that I like. yeah uh, they had one recently a year ago that's a ready set go which is great mm-hmm. uh, but uh, this one's great. It's such a vibe. it's such a, a groovy mood of a song. Yeah, that uh, I'm 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 happy it was in 1991 and that I remembered it because it's it's oh I I play it constantly.
0: I do, I love the whole early '90s like Native Tongues oh, vibe. It's the best. Any the, of those any of that age, jazz yeah. rap, yeah. So I good think, that whole vibe. I think Oodles of O's is on that album. Oodles of O's is Oodles on in, that. Oodles and O's, you know. Yeah, yeah I love Oodles. Of ring O's. ring, hey hey. Yeah yeah yeah. that's oh, great yeah. I love De La Soul. I didn't even think of De La Soul is dead yeah that's a good pull that's a good yeah, I was pull. happy about
1: that that's uh that's my number three
0: uh okay plug one plug two or plug three who's your favorite oh
1: plug one
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh okay my number two i think i might have talked about this song or this band before i'm not sure have i ever talked about my bloody valentine before <laughs> Have I ever have you ever showed a video of my bloody Valentine? Have I ever talked about the song Only Shallow and uh, how much I like the lead-off track from Loveless
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: Well, guess what? That album came out in 1991, and my number two on my list is Only Shallow. This was really close to being my number one, actually.
1: Oh, interesting. That can't. This was
0: really close. I mean, I've said so much about. How much I bliss out to this song. This is much, like
1: your, like, I'm going to relax song.
0: Well, it's the whole album, but this song yeah. is very relaxing to me. As it's loud weird. as it is, you know, something about the droning and Belinda Butcher's voice. Yeah. I've talked about it a lot. And uh, it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's I remember really when you,
1: I remember when you put it on uh, for one of the shows, and I was like, "This I don't hate this. I remember going, this is actually pretty good.
0: It was the guitar episode because Kevin, Shield, Kevin Shields is such a unique guitar yes. player. Um, that's where I that's where I fit it in. But yeah, I love. I, this.
1: Remember, I remember liking it and also going, "How does Paul zone out to this?"
0: It's like like a drone. You know what I mean? It's I I wouldn't. You know, it's very it's very situation specific. I think, but I can definitely just like lie on my bed in darkness with my headphones in my ear pods and just yeah. sort of like just sort of it's like uh what do they call those tanks with salt water you know where you get them in and, oh, and, and uh, you're like weightless
1: sensory deprivation tanks I've been yes
0: yes it's almost like sensory deprivation because yeah. it's so loud and droning yeah but it's also really pretty and it's just it's it's like an aural sensory deprivation tank
1: <laughs> good because you hate a sensory deprivation tank <laughs> I've done them yeah. a couple times. I'm like, this isn't that great. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, well, because they're not art. But, yeah. but but only shallow is art.
1: Yes. Shallow is art that washes over you. Yeah. Like a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. All right. My number two. I think you're either gonna be like, yeah, I guess that makes sense that you like him, or you're like, Really? We've never talked about this guy. Okay. Never. Maxi Priest. Maxi Priest is good. Don't <laughs> do that. Lenny Kravitz, it ain't over
0: till it's over. We have definitely talked about Lenny I Kravitz. Never
1: sh- we've never showed a video from Lenny Kravitz.
0: Maybe not. It must have been in the top five because you've talked about how much you like. I think this song.
1: Uh, This is this was yeah. the song because in uh, 91, this came out and I was like, oh, Lenny Kravitz is good because... The album before it, I was like, oh, fuck that album. Because it was all like Beatles and It had Let Love Rule. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. yeah. And yeah. I was like, this dude sucks. <laughs> I, I was really like, fuck him. And then yeah. the next year, Ain't Ain't Over It's Over, I was like, I stand corrected. This dude's fucking
0: great. That song, see, that song sort of stands alone for me, though. I don't really love anything else that. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought, are you going to go my way? I love
1: that song. You don't like that now?
0: I don't know if it, if I just got sick of it or if I sort of aged out of it, but it's not. Is it on the same album? No, it's the third album. It's a, it's the next yeah. album. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near. It can't touch. It ain't over till it's over.
1: I mean, it over is my favorite, but I love yeah. I love that and like Getaway, Stone Cold Player. Rock you and know, roll is dead. I like all its big hits.
0: It ain't over. It ain't yeah. over till it's over. is Such an amazing like soul song. Yeah. And I don't even want to hear rock and roll from Lenny. Ah, wow. just just yeah, do more in the vein of uh, it ain't over till it's over. It almost feels like yeah. it ain't
1: over till it's over, even though that was like his big hit when it yeah. came out and kind of put him over the edge. That was more like the outlier than the outlier,
0: but it's better than the other stuff. It's like we might not have even needed Maxwell, Lenny. that could have been you, man. hey hey. <laughs> Paul No Chibar. that was designed That was designed To get a rise out of to you To trigger sorry. me I'm sorry Yeah <sighs> To trigger
1: No
0: I start Start no, on that Unbelievable song yeah, I Yeah great song Yeah I didn't I thought that That would have been later too
1: Yeah no that was 91 Cause then Yeah 92 Late 92 early 93 Was the Are you gonna go my way
0: Yeah Yeah It's definitely the most sing-alongable Of uh, Of Lenny's songs Oh it's
1: so groovy Love it
0: Not that I can, like, sing in tune in that falsetto, but I sure as hell can try in the car or the shower.
1: it's very singable, (laughs) even if you can't hit the notes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so we're both to our number ones. Yes. We have not overlapped yet.
1: We might overlap here?
0: Do we have the same number one? I don't think so. I mean, you're not – I don't know if you'll be surprised. I've talked about this song before. Okay,
1: then we don't have it then because it was an obvious one for me. Okay. I have a tie. mine's mine's actually a tie. I have a tie.
0: Okay, this one, like I said, only shallow was my number one, and then I remembered that this song is from nineteen ninety one, and I was like, I should put it at number two and keep only shallow at number one, so I seem cool. <laughs> but I I have to be honest. We're yeah. honest on this show.
1: Go with your heart, always.
0: Go with your heart. This is this is if not my favorite pop song of all time. Oh, wow. Uh, Definitely in my top five, possibly top three. It is from the album Inner Child. I don't know if that gives it away to you. No, that's not me. It is I Love Your Smile by Shanice.
1: Fuck, Paul. We talked about that (laughs) song and how good that is.
0: Yes. I... I Love that song so much. Let's talk about how perfect a song it is.
1: I love that song. I thought that was, oh my God, I thought that was a different year.
0: That's 91. Shame
1: on me. That fucking song is so good. She
0: She was 18 years old. She might have been 17 when she recorded it. Uh, It's a perfect pop song. I love the lyrics. The first verse is about how she's stuck in class listening to the boring teacher.
1: do not want to hear that.
0: And she just wants to get out of school because she loves your smile. I don't know what one has to do with the other. Doesn't matter. But like, okay, we've got some teenage rebellion in this bubblegum pop song. Mm-hmm. And then the second class is, I mean, the second verse is, my job is lame and my boss sucks and I just want to buy things with my credit card. <laughs> and also, I love your smile. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> Nothing. But I love the sentiment, right? Yeah. It's just sort of like I hate school and I hate my job, but I love my boyfriend, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is this is just great teenage pop music.
1: It's great teenage, pop music. and then in the middle, of it's Branford Marsalis
0: doing. I rocks. was going to say it's 1991, so it's a pop R and B song, but then you get a rap verse because it's 1991. Yeah, she she it. raps on it, yeah. and then after the rap, a sax solo from Branford Marsalis.
1: She's like, blow, Branford, blow. Blow,
0: Branford, blow. blow. And then blow he back. does, and it's amazing. And then she does another bridge and then choruses you out. And it's just perfect. It's, it's a great song. It's an A++++ pop song.
1: I would be more disappointed if that was your number two and not yeah. your number one. It had, I that had to be.
0: I can't front. I cannot front. The cool thing would be like, yeah, my bloody Valentine yeah. is my favorite. Teenage fan club's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. No man, Shanice is my favorite. Shanice, <laughs> I love your smile. Yeah, oh it is. god, I'm
1: so mad that I left that out. I'm so I mad.
0: love that song so much. The song is so good. It really is good. God bless Shanice. And and a one-hit wonder. I'm sure she had other she had singles that technically three. charted, but that was her biggest. Yeah.
1: She had one I, before called Don't Have steppin and then she had yeah. one a year or two later off of the Meteor Man soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Her first album came out when she was 14. Yeah. Uh, Inner Child is her second album. Um, I know all this, but I couldn't I couldn't sing another Shanice song. I know I Love Your Smile is the only one I know. Um, I'm going to send you the one that I like second best, and you're mm-hmm. going to be like, it's not the same yeah i i read a bunch of i was looking at reviews like contemporary uh reviews of the album and they were all like the album's good but that one song is <laughs> killer they were like yeah this is a this is a real uh killer and then s- lots of filler. lots of filler. yeah that's yeah. that album 100%. Like, no no one was like, yeah, the rest of it sucks. They were all like, it's all pretty good, but holy fuck. Yeah. This this is the song that you're paying $18 for at Strawberries or oh, Tower oh, it's Records. Oh,
1: Strawberries. At <laughs> <laughs> Strawberries.
0: It's for our New England listeners. Yeah.
1: Nope, I got it.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I fucking love that. So, okay, that wasn't my number one. I had a yeah. tie because... I had to put Prince in because it was get off. But we already talked about get off, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um but then I tied it with Check the Rhyme.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah, cuz the low end theory.
1: Yeah. So Check the Rhyme was it's officially my yeah. number 1, but because of Prince I had to put it in, but Check the Rhyme.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: I thought you were going to put Check the Rhyme in somewhere.
0: You know <sighs> I considered, I strongly considered low-end theory because I love Tribe Called Quest so much. Yeah. And I do love the low-end theory, but it just never, I never connected with it as much as I connected with Midnight Marauders.
1: Okay. Oh, maybe because you're a little older?
0: No, because I didn't like Tribe Called Quest at the time. I discovered Tribe Called Quest in college. Okay. Off the strength of... I was still in my many-year period of I don't like hip hop. Mm-hmm. I like I like rock and roll, and you can't like both. <laughs> so reason. I don't like hip hop. Like I just wasn't into rap for like eight years of my life, um, and then I heard Electric Relaxation on the radio. I,
1: though, that song is insane,
0: which I never heard before. I didn't. I never heard it in the early '90s when I was listening to hip hop. Um, I heard Electric Relaxation one time. And then I went to the record store on campus and bought Mid- Midnight Marauders.
1: I mean, Electric Relaxation, I mean, it might be one of their best. It, it might be. I could yeah. easily argue that it's one of their best Their best songs.
0: Yeah. If if we ever do our top five 1993 songs, I'm going to have a hard time not having like three or four yeah. songs off of Midnight Marauders yeah. on there. But uh, I
1: loved Check the Rhyme. I loved it more. I mean, I love Scenario, but I love Check the Rhyme more.
0: That was the other point I was going to make. Is even if I did pick something off of Low End Theory, I don't think it would be Check the Rhyme. It oh, would be, I mean, it would be maybe Scenario. It might be Can I Kick It.
1: Can I Kick It's really good too.
0: It might even be an album track like Bugging Out, or <laughs> that was a good too. Yeah. Versus from yeah, versus from the abstract. Or I don't know. Um, but Check the Rhyme is great. I'm not arguing yeah. with Check the Rhyme, but yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my tie, Prince
0: and Rhyme. Yeah, Scenari- it probably would have been Scenario, to be honest with okay. you.
1: Okay, I, I would go Check the Rhyme, then I would yeah. go Can I Kick It, and then I would go Scenario. N- no shade on Scenario, I love that song. I just
0: it- <laughs> The only reason it wouldn't be Scenario, although this doesn't really have anything to do with Tough 5s, but to me, that's more a Leaders of the New School song than a it's, Tribe it's, song. It's where Busta became Busta. Not even just Busta, but even like uh, Charlie Brown's verses is, is yes. better than... Fife and Tips verses are the least of the five verses. Yeah. Every member of Leaders of the New School has a better verse on that than, and I love Fife's verse too. But but yeah. the Leaders of the New School, that's the breakout hit for for Busta, but also the other the other two are great on. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that.
0: You're on point. Who's Mike? that, Bro. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, um, yeah, man. 1991 was tough. Killer year. So, so much good music in 1991.
1: I mean, it was tough. 90 was tough. 92 is going to be a, a, a big yeah. one,
0: too. We didn't even talk about R.E.M. Well, we don't need to. Well, out of, look, you don't have to like R.E.M., but as much as, as much as people give credit to Nirvana for making alternative music mainstream, 1991 was the year of losing my religion.
1: Yeah. Which, whether, right. or
0: not, whether or not you like it, yeah was a very unusual song to become such a big hit it was fucking huge and i think that was the tipping point yeah more than even smells like teen spirit to college radio is now just going to be hit radio
1: i would think so because you just heard that song everywhere
0: yeah i have a very specific memory of hearing it just because the radio was on in the house and it started playing it and like my brain didn't know what to make of it. It had never heard anything like that before mm. on the radio. this The main instrument on that song is a fucking mandolin. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that's, what? Why is this on 92 Pro FM? Yeah. What am I just, hearing?
1: And this is going to be a huge pop hit for the fucking mandolin.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, song, that album just turned uh, 30 uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Is that without is that automatic for the people?
0: No, that's ninety two. Out of time is the Out of time. Out of time has your Losing My Religion and it has your Shiny Happy People.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's that's not for me.
0: No, it's not it's not my favorite album of theirs uh, by any stretch, but but Losing My Religion was a watershed moment. I mean, yeah, music. I mean it's,
1: yeah, so, it's revered.
0: Yes. Um, but no surprise that to me that you don't like it. <laughs> no, no shocker there. Yeah, Um, but yeah, an amazing year for music and another amazing episode for us. Oh, we we did it. We did it. nailed it. it. And uh, I'm going to go and watch the fifth episode of the real world homecoming.
1: I mean, I'm literally going to wash my face and do it right now. Yeah.
0: And by the time we reconvene for our next episode, all episodes will have aired. So we're going to wrap up this trilogy with. Reviewing the back three of the series and then talking about our favorite songs from 1992. And then we'll never talk about the real world again. That's a lot. It's a lot. We did a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it. Bye. Bye.